This is episode 139 of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of Two Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, it's Anita here. Before we get to today's episode, I'm excited to share that two new postpartum recovery bonuses have been added to my Bump to Birth course. The first bonus is a six-week postpartum recovery exercise series, so you'll have the guidance on pelvic floor and core rehab and retraining exercises and tips to help you feel more supported during each week of your initial postpartum recovery. The second new postpartum bonus is a postpartum recovery meditation created by Mitt Stone, who is a labor and delivery nurse, doula, and mindset coach. This meditation is helpful not only for your recovery after birth, but also for bonding with your baby and transition to parenthood. Also, recently, by popular demand, I've permanently included my partner labor prep workshop in the Bump to Birth course, so your partner can also feel prepared with strategies to support you during birth and postpartum. If you're not familiar with Bump to Birth, it's my online program that guides you step-by-step to understand and connect with your pelvic floor and core in pregnancy, strategies to prepare your mind and pelvic floor for labor, how to support you and your pelvic floor during pushing, and a recovery plan for your first six weeks postpartum. The program has demonstration videos and downloadable audio lessons, plus handouts to complement each lesson. The course also includes a bonus private members-only Facebook group where you can ask questions, plus I do live Q&A sessions every other week so you get the support you want and need during pregnancy and postpartum. Other bonuses include expert interviews, online pelvic floor and core yoga class, and strength training workouts that can be used in pregnancy and postpartum, plus a pregnancy and labor meditation audio track that includes pelvic floor relaxation cues so you can also prepare mentally for birth. So if you're ready to feel prepared physically and mentally for birth, plus get a head start on your postpartum recovery, join me and many other expecting moms in the Bump to Birth course. To get started today, head over to the show notes for episode 138 or go to bumptobirthcourse.com. Today we are talking about top five exercise tips every expecting mom needs to know. Before we get into that, we are going to read another listener review. So the review of the week is from Mara Jane and they wrote, these women are educational, uplifting and practical when it comes to talking about prenatal and postpartum topics. I have followed Jessie for years and it's so great to have her on one, one more platform discussing important and relevant topics for women. So thank you so much for leaving that review. And we love hearing from all our listeners. So if you can hop over to iTunes, leave us a rating and review. It also helps us um, get to more expert guests coming on our show and reaching more listeners just like you. 
All right, let's get into prenatal exercise today. This, of course, is one of my favorite topics. And just coming out of second pregnancy and exercising through it, I feel like it taught me more things. And I bet that you'll find that this time too, Anita, just different pregnancies. Things just feel different in your body. So it has been another learning experience, absolutely. So the number one tip that we wanted to start with is that not one specific way is going to be best to exercise in pregnancy for every body. This is a question that I am often asked, and it is, what is the best mode of exercise? What is the best way to move? What are the best best exercises? And the truth is that there isn't any. It really just comes down to what you like to do, what feels good in your body, and is it effective and supportive for your body at this specific stage of pregnancy? So not a specific answer that is going to fit, again, for every pregnancy, for every stage of pregnancy, for every body, And that's what I think is so key after coming out of this second pregnancy too. Although I exercised so similarly with pregnancy one and pregnancy two, there were differences that I needed to modify for because of my energy, because of discomforts that I had this time that I did not have last time, because I had a toddler this time around and a business that was growing faster than it was the first time. There's just so many things that come into play. So knowing that it is okay to adjust and adapt and do whatever is feeling truly good for you at the time. Mm -hmm. I would totally agree. I don't really have much to add to Jesse's response to that. And I would agree. It goes back to what Jesse and I have talked about a lot is the answer is really great. Like there is no right or wrong. Um, Everyone's body is going to be different. Every pregnancy is going to feel different, even with the same person. Um, And every trimester is going to feel different too. So I think it's really important to take that all in and to kind of judge ourselves less in terms of if you're doing something differently each trimester or that you're not doing something now. You did your first pregnancy. Um, just because, yeah, our body our body is different every time. Yeah, absolutely. Tip number two is on breathing. What we want to say about breathing is essentially that. Just keep breathing, really. Like, this is what it comes down to for so many of my clients when they're wondering, well, I forgot when to inhale, and I forgot when to exhale. Honestly, just breathe. Just inhale and exhale, and it's probably going to be good enough. We can get more detailed on that, and we will, and we'll talk about that a little bit further. But I think that that is really what we want to drive home. Breath holding during exercise and pregnancy can be fine at times. I just think that if we are doing that chronically through our entire workout, through an entire set of exercises, maybe that's not going to be the best approach for us. Mm -hmm. And also, um, we've talked before about even breath holding just day-to-day things. So things that we don't really need to breath hold, like getting up out of a chair or you may do a whole flight of stairs and you realize at the top, like, I didn't breathe really that whole time. You, bre- you breathed enough because you're living, but, um, but you were basically holding your breath. So even little things like that, not to get too detailed and get frustrated about, but just be aware. And then, you know, making those little changes can help you feel differently as well. So if we want to get a bit more specific on breathing, and we can, and I think that These are strategies that we use with my coaching clients in strength training exercise too. These are things that I focused on in my prenatal strength training. What I like to focus on is 
exhaling on exertion. So exhaling during the hard part of the exercise. And again, this doesn't have to be on every rep, but this is a strategy that can help people feel more supported in the pelvic floor, the abdominal wall, and just help them generate more strength and power in an exercise too. And the other strategy is to exhale through an entire rep of an exercise. So if an exercise is particularly challenging, it's requiring more stability, let's say, then exhaling through an entire rep. So the down and the up of a squat, for an example, the entire rep of a push-up, that might be effective for you. Okay, so the third exercise tip that we want to talk about is just to quickly rapid fire bust some strength training specific myths. So this is this is more our wheelhouse when we're talking about exercise and pregnancy, really strength training. That's what my clients are doing for the majority of their exercise. That's what so many of our listeners want to hear more about. So let's just run through these quickly. Number one, there's no specific upper limit on how much weight you can or cannot lift in pregnancy. If your doctor, your medical provider has not specified a medical contraindication. Often my clients are still hearing this from their medical provider that don't lift more than 25 pounds throughout your pregnancy. And it's not that it is specific to them. It is simply a blanket statement that their doctor might be giving them. And this can be problematic for so many people, especially if they are physically able to effectively lift that amount of weight or more than that weight. Some people really truly have to lift more than that amount of weight in their pregnancies if they have other kids at home. I know that I did during my pregnancy, my toddler weighed 30 pounds. And so I had to lift her, I had to parent her, I had to carry her. So I think it's so key that we're teaching strategies to be able to do that in an optimal way for our bodies. If your life requires you to do so, but if you want to lift more than that in your exercise because it is appropriately challenging for you. And then next we want to talk about um, supine exercises might work for your body. So supine talking about being on your back. Um, and a lot of times it's talked about that this isn't appropriate, um, especially after a, sometimes people get told after the first trimester, um, but often it can go based again on how you feel. Um, so noticing if you're getting any symptoms like lightheadedness or your heart starting to race or nausea or just general discomfort. But I definitely have clients who go beyond that first trimester being okay on their back. I know with my first pregnancy, I did as well. Um, and even this one, I find being on my back for a period of time feels totally fine um, and is fine for me and fine for baby. What do you find with that, Jess? Yeah, that's exactly what I say to my clients. If they feel like they're able to breathe well, that it, they're not lightheaded, dizzy, it's not generally super uncomfortable for them, then it's probably okay to do so. And we keep it on... Uh, for exercises that are what we consider lower level exercises. So we're not lifting tons of weight. We're not staying in that position for many minutes at a time, but we might be doing glute bridges, variations of glute bridges, hip thrusts, things of that nature. And typically it can work for people. What I noticed during the second pregnancy, as I got my abdomen got bigger faster. I was less comfortable in supine exercises faster than during my first pregnancy. So yeah, again, I just modified for it, stayed there for a shorter period of time, 
stop doing supine exercises earlier than in my first pregnancy. But again, that myth of no supine exercises for everybody after the first trimester really can be busted, I think. Next thing I want to talk about is this idea that if you've never started strength training before pregnancy, then you should not start during pregnancy. And this is just really not true either. You can begin strength training in pregnancy at any time, even if you have never done it before prior to pregnancy. Again, if you are cleared by your medical providers to do so, it's a fantastic mode of movement to be able to continue throughout an entire pregnancy because it is so easily modifiable for so many bodies. Yeah, and when we're talking about this, we're not saying if you've never done strength training to go and start doing 100-pound squats or anything like that. It's more about building up your strength training and also... For those who've given birth before, you realize how much strength is required after you give birth. So lifting a car seat with a baby in it, lifting a stroller. Um, if you have other children, you're going to be lifting them as well. So it's just something good to prepare in pregnancy if you don't have any symptoms. Um, and as well as if you're um, cleared by your care provider, that strength training is actually a good thing, not only for pregnancy, but prepare you for after birth. And related to that is this myth that we often hear that you should just keep doing what you've been doing for exercise your entire pregnancy. And this is likely not going to work or be best practice for most bodies too. The exercise modes that you've been doing, the exercises, the reps, the weights that you've been lifting, this can and should change throughout your trimesters as your body changes so dramatically during these time periods too. Okay, fourth tip we want to give is on managing intra-abdominal pressure. This is really what it comes down to so much of the time when people are asking about specific exercises that they should or should not do during pregnancy. And if you're wondering what that background noise is, it's baby hiccups. <laughs> so it really comes down to if you are able to do the movement well with good technique, good form, and by good I mean it just is for me, it looks clean, it looks crisp, you feel good and confident and capable doing it, um, it feels good in your body. The other side of that is, are you able to manage the intra-abdominal pressure well for supportive core and pelvic floor function? Do you want to talk about a little bit about what that might mean? Mm -hmm. So, and for everyone, it's going to be different. So for some... Um, you may, if you're not able to manage the pressure, some of the things you might feel would be, whether it's pelvic floor, you might feel like a heaviness. So that could indicate that pressure is going downwards, whether you do or don't have a prolapse, but it could be a heavy feeling. Um, or if you have a really tense pelvic floor, sometimes that can happen um, at the bottom, basically with the pelvic floor. So if you're, if the pressure isn't managed, or for those um, with a diastasis, uh, and not, this is not everyone with a diastasis because it depends if you can kind of control that pressure. So for some people, they get a lot of domain with certain exercises if they're not able to manage that pressure. So those are some of the things just to keep in mind. If you're doing an exercise and you notice that pressure, whether pelvic floor-wise or diastasis-wise, we're not necessarily saying don't do that exercise or activity. It could just mean whether it's backing off the weight or changing your technique, changing your strategy, see if you can find a way to do it that you're not getting those pressure symptoms before necessarily thinking that you need to stop doing it. 
And number five, last tip we want to give is considering could I versus should I. This is something that I took with me during prenatal exercise. It's something that I take with me in postpartum exercise. And it really is thinking about the risk versus the reward of the movement of the exercise that you might be doing. So I always think about, could I do this? Probably, I could probably get through it. But if that's the answer that I'm giving to myself in my head, then maybe I shouldn't be doing it for some specific reason. So if I'm a little bit hesitant on it, if I'm a lot hesitant on it, if I'm just thinking that I want to do this movement because that's the weight I was able to lift before, this is what I was doing at this point in pregnancy last time. If these are the answers that are coming up for me, not that I feel super confident in my body's ability to do that, then this is what I mean by managing this could I versus should I mindset, considering that we don't have to do things. You could get through something, but it doesn't automatically mean that you need to be able to do that or that you should do that. And I think this goes back to... Um... For anyone who listened to our episode with Brianna Battles, she talks about this as well, pregnancy and postpartum. Um, and yeah, really kind of digging deep to see why you feel like you need to do an exercise. I know I have this discussion often, especially with moms newly postpartum who feel they want to go back to exercise right away, lifting weights or doing an activity that they did during pregnancy or pre-pregnancy. Um, and it's something to dive a bit more into of of why you feel like you need to do it um, and is it worth it or is it worth waiting to do it? Is it worth modifying to do it so that you continue to feel good in your body? And as you mentioned, it is this idea of listening to our bodies, which are often given. This is usually the overarching theme of prenatal exercise. But what does that even mean? What are we listening for? And this is what we like to educate our clients and our communities about but you have to know what to listen for, or that is just such arbitrary advice that doesn't even make sense to people. So we really want to be able to understand what it means to listen to our body that's gonna be different for different people. We want to check the ego at the door during exercise and pregnancy. And really, as you're saying, Anita, dig into this more. Figure out what your mindset is around movement and bodies and how those things might be connected, especially to your body image, your body composition, perhaps this fear of losing strength or skills during pregnancy. Again, just dig in, figure out the whys of why you might be wanting to say exercise in the same way that you've been exercising for and what's coming up for you surrounding that. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 